This is your host Andres, and I welcome you to Where You Listening? An exploration of blackness in the songs we love. Today, we'll be listening to El Negrito del Batey, The Negrito from the Batey, composed by Hector J. Diaz and Medardo Guzman, and performed here by Alberto Beltran with La Sonora Matancera. I know, that's a lot of names, so let's go piece by piece. Hector José de Regla Díaz was a prominent Afro-Dominican poet, composer, and radio host born in Asua, west of the capital Santo Domingo in 1910. He was known for his concrete, straightforward poetry. Chilean poet Franklin Mieses Burgos said of him, I quote, he had a unique, unmistakable personality whose main trait was to not imitate anyone, which is why in his agile and rhythmic verses we can never find the rusty fetter of the slave. He was himself and only himself." End quote. Among his most famous poems is the rather somber, heartbreak poem Lo que quiero, What I want. Medardo Guzman, the other reported author, proved to be much more difficult to track. I could not get any information about him, neither in online open searches nor in online library searches. So if any of you out there know anything about Medardo Guzman, share the info with us. Send it to the mixtape podcast at gmail.com or in our social media profiles. Alberto Beltran, the voice in this song, is an Afro-Dominican singer born in 1923 in Palo Blanco, in the municipality of La Romana in the Dominican Republic. As a child, he used to work in the streets selling candy. In other words, era un dulcerito. He started singing very early in his life and participating as an amateur singer in La Voz de Juna, the official state radio station, at age 14. Throughout his career, he was a member of a number of musical bands starting as early as 1946 with El Quinteto Ballet Toño de Santo Domingo. However, he is most known for his years as part of the mythical Cuban band La Sonora Matancera between 1954 and 1955, with whom he recorded hits such as Aunque Me Cueste La Vida and today's song El Negrito del Batey. El Negrito del Batey is a signature merengue song that many people in the Dominican Republic and in other Latin American countries easily recognize. It's certainly well known in Colombia, Cuba, and Puerto Rico. El Negrito del Batey presents us with an intoxicating combination of rhythm and lyrics. And at the same time, it is perfect for where you listen in series for its subtle and not so subtle message. Let's listen. Do you remember our wonderful guest Edwin Ferreras from our Merengue episode? Well, in today's episode, Edwin will be reciting the Spanish version of the lyrics and will provide us with a couple of reflections. Edwin is an Afro-Dominican music and dance educator, composer, arranger, and producer. 
He is also the co-founder of Areito Arts alongside his partner Dakota Romero. Me llaman el negrito del batey porque el trabajo para mí es un enemigo. El trabajar yo se lo dejo todo al buey porque el trabajo lo hizo Dios como castigo. They call me the negrito, the black man from the batey. Because to me, work is an enemy. Working, I leave it all to the ox. Because God created work as a punishment. Since the main descriptor of the negrito in the song is that he is from the batey, let's bring Edwin to remind ourselves what the batejes are. A batey is a small community around a sugar mill called Ingenio. The Ingenio is like a factory or refinery for sugarcane. These ingenios were created during the colonial era, although batelles already existed in the indigenous nations as sports plazas. The batelles were worked by peasants and descendants of the enslaved African and indigenous people who remained after colonization. Today, the batey is the epitome of black culture where elements such as gaga, rara music, palos atabales, los congos, beliefs like voodoo and yoruba religion as well as sectors like Abacua, Cocolos, Guloyas, and others were shared freely. Today, there are several batelles in the Caribbean, especially in Cuba, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic. A mí me gusta el merengue a pambichao, con una negra retrachera y buena moza. A mí me gusta bailar de medio lado, bailar medio apretado con una negra bien sabrosa. I like merengue a pambichao, with a charming, good-looking black woman. I like dancing side to side, dancing a little tight, with a real hot black woman. I heard the expression merengue pambichao many times growing up in merengue songs, and I never knew what it meant. So I asked Dr. Socrates Garcia about this when we interviewed him for the merengue episode of our second season, which you should totally listen because it's fire. Here's what he told us. We had two invasions from the U.S. in the, in the Dominican Republic. The first one was 1916, the second one was 1965, after Trujillo. The 1916 one, here's what happened. The Marines that were there, stationed there, couldn't dance merengue. It was too fast for them. So what musicians did, because they needed the money. So they started playing a slower version of it, which is a, actually a more syncopated version of it. If you hear, hear the bass, it's not like boom, 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 boom. It's more like boom, 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 like almost like salsa. Now the Pambiche, the name comes, it's, it's an interest, interesting story. People say that was not merengue, but it was, of course. But they said, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Well, there was a, a clothes that were made, made in Palm Beach. Palm Beach. So somebody saw that in, in some place and said, you know what? Maybe let's call it that. Palm Beach. That's where that comes from. Now, that's a different style of merengue. But people call it merengue Palm Beach out too, which is the same thing. And the, and the reason they made it slower is for, for the Marines to be able to dance. 
and they call it Pambiche because it was the Palm Beach, you know, fabric they found somewhere. At the time, it was merengue typical. That, that's what it was. There was nothing else. That was the only type of merengue at the time. So when they couldn't dance to it because it was too fast, it's still too fast. Um, <laughs> now, of course, when, when the Rosarios came in and the Puerto Ricans came in uh, and they made it even faster, now they needed to change things because the musicians couldn't play it. Now the patterns changed. That's when you, you get a pattern that's called alomaco or caballito. Instead of they took out the and that with the congas could be played at any speed. And that became the predominant uh, style in the in the eighties and nineties and even today. Me llaman el negrito del batey, porque el trabajo para mí es un enemigo. El trabajar yo se lo dejo todo al buey, porque el trabajo lo hizo Dios como castigo. They call me the negrito, the black man from the batey, because to me, work is an enemy. Working, I leave it all to the ox, because God created work as punishment. At this point, it's unavoidable to address the old and paradoxical stereotype of the lazy black person. The most absurd manifestation of this contradiction we find in the times of slavery, when white colonizers, enslavers, as well as regular folk consider enslaved black people to be lazy, lewd, and indolent. Examples of such illogical, racist ideas are found all over the Americas. Professor and writer Ibram Kendi, in his book, Stand from the Beginning, provides us with this quote from Thomas Jefferson. Black people are disposed, I quote, to sleep when abstracted from their diversions and unemployed in labor. An animal whose body is addressed and who does not reflect must be disposed to sleep, of course, end quote. In Jefferson's mind, the mindless black person, when not working, could only sleep. ¿Qué tal este? All of us in the African diaspora in Latin America know very well that the stereotype is not unique to the US. Listen to this racist comparison of the black coastal person and the white highlands person by 19th century Colombian lawmaker Jose Maria Samper, quoted in Peter Wade's book Blackness and Race Mixture. I quote, There, in the coast, the primitive men, coarse, brutish, indolent, semi-savage, the child of ignorance. Here, in the highlands, the European, active, intelligent, white and elegant, often blonde, with his poetic and penetrating glance, his elevated spirit, his ever-distinguished manners." End quote. Woo! That's a lot to take in, my guy. Insecurities much? Damn. Just damn. 
Ibram Kendi argues that the stereotype has continued to exist and transform over the years as a justification for racist policies and a reinforcement of racist ideas. However, its absurd, contradictory nature remains. The following quote from Kendi's book underscores the obvious about those who had always lived in idleness off of stolen labor. I quote, If any group should be characterized as lazy, it was the planters. It had always been amazing to enslaved people how someone could lounge back, drink lemonade, and look out over the fields and call the bent-over pickers lazy. End quote. Although the song El Negrito del Bate is most commonly associated with Alberto Beltran, it was originally composed for the king of merengue, José Tomateo, who you may remember from the brief introduction at the beginning of our Yo Soy Merengue Season 2 episode, where we talked about the song Caña Brava. According to the Dictionary of Caribbean and Afro-Latin American Biography, Alberto recorded the song with La Sonora Matancera the first time around because Joseito was unable to obtain a travel permit to come to Cuba. Alberto's 1954 recording of the song with La Sonora Matancera went to become a hit, and in one of his performances that same year, the radio host, Herman Pinelli, used the song to nickname Alberto. He adopted the nickname El Negrito del Batey and used it for the remaining of his career. Y di tú, si no es verdad, merengue es mucho mejor, porque esto de trabajar a mí me causa dolor. You told me if it isn't true, merengue is so much better, because that working stuff, that stuff hurts me. One could say that these lyrics reiterate on the dual stereotype of the black man that doesn't like to work and who would rather party instead. However, one could also take the words literally, at face value, because black people in the Batejas often had physically extenuating jobs, which would explain the phrase, Eso de trabajar me causa dolor. That working stuff hurts me. The pain may have been literal. It is also worth noting that, stereotypes aside, the negrito in this song is a perfectly rational economic agent. In economics, we very often write models in which a person's leisurely activities, for instance, to das merengue, increase their welfare and the only reason why they devote any time to working is because they need the money to buy other goods they enjoy, such as food or nice shoes for the party. Work per se does not increase the person's welfare or satisfaction, at least not in most economic models I'm aware of. Mucho le gusta el buey manso, pero nunca le da el dengue. 
yo con una negra buena bailaré un buen merengue. The tame ox likes it a lot, but it never gets dengue. Me, I'm going to dance a good merengue with a hot black woman. These lyrics confirm my suspicion and uncover again the absurdity of the stereotype. The Negrito cleverly implies that, of course, the tame ox is ready to work with enthusiasm because the ox does not suffer the same as the Negrito from the hazardous conditions of the job it's employed at. One of those occupational hazards underscored in those lyrics is contracting dengue from a mosquito bite. I mean, anybody would prefer dancing merengue with a hot dance partner over getting dengue from working in the field. I know I would. Let me tell you something. I struggled a lot to understand what the song was saying in Spanish, in my own language, in these last lyrics. I searched online profusely, searched libraries, I sent messages, I asked my friends, I asked all of our Dominican guests for the merengue episode, I went back and forth trying to translate. Melissa said she knew I was going to get it at some point. I was not assured. I gotta say, as a native speaker from Latin America with a Caribbean Afro-Latino dad, this whole struggle understanding this message expanded my understanding and gratitude to those non-native speakers trying to pay attention to the messages these songs contain about blackness in the Americas. We've all had nicknames at some point in our lives. I've had my first share of them myself. In fact, my name, Andres, wasn't really used that often until I left Colombia. I was Andresito, little Andres, in primary school. I was El Negro, the black one, as a teenager in my neighborhood. I was Chalo, Inca, and Peru in high school. And I was Tigre, Tiger, Tiger, Tigrito, and all of the variations in college. Of course, my family did use my name, but as a kid, I was also Mi Negrito Bello, my beautiful black kid, to my mom. Almost all of these nicknames are race-related. Only Chalo and Andresito are modifications of my actual name. All the others refer mostly to my black features and some of them to my native features. When I decided to base this episode on the song El Negrito del Batey, I had this memory of my mom singing this song to me as a kid. So I asked her about it and it turns out the story is different. Ma, what's the real story? Mira, la verdad hijo fue que todo empezó porque tu papá Look, the truth my son is that everything started because your dad. You know, he's always a big fan of Cuban music and especially of La Sonora Matancera. Thus, when you were little and La Sonora Matancera was playing, you would start dancing. And that was the music you grew up with, besides Vallenato. Your grandma gave you the nickname the first time she saw you dancing, because you also used to make movements with the hands as though you were playing the drums. That's why she started calling you that way. And your aunts and pretty much everybody started calling you El Negrito del Pate, 
because every time grandma saw you or every time you went to her place for vacation, she would call you Negrito del Paté, and that became your nickname. Thank you so much, man. I love you. So, the story has been clarified. Negrito del Paté is just another one of my nicknames. What an honor I was given by my grandma. The honor to share that beautiful nickname with Alberto Beltran. And going back to the song, what an interesting song, don't you think? It appears to walk right into the trap of stereotyping black people only to later throw the stereotype out of the window. I'd like to think that the authors had a deliberate, almost hidden intention to take a jab at the absurd stereotype. Let's also listen to Edwin Ferreira's reflection about our song today. El Negrito del Batey, popularized by Joséito Mateo, is a big part of my cultural identity as an Afro-Dominican. This song has subliminal messages about history, colonialism, slavery, and religion. I can identify with the song as a descendant of enslaved Africans. When I was really young, I worked some weekdays in the Batey in my town. My cousins and I will help the grown-ups carry and drag sugarcane in return for 25 pesos. I also love the song because despite the cultural innuendos of modern-day slavery, it also felt like an open celebration of blackness via merengue, which offers me a deeper sense of pride and identity. Thank you so much, Edwin. And thank you, Socrates Garcia, for helping me with the construction of this episode. And of course, thank all of you for being here with me today. If you weren't listening, now you are. for listening to today's episode. To hear today's song or other songs featured on our Were You Listening series, check out the Were You Listening playlist, which can be found at our website, tarheels.live slash mixtape podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at mixtape.podcast, as well as Twitter and YouTube, which are easily accessed through our website. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications for our posts. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape.